Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. All right, everybody. It's Friday. Welcome to The Athletic Hockey Show. It's a special edition of The Friday Show. That's right. It's Friday. This is... uh, (laughs) Friday on Friday. Friday in the morning. All, fri- all Friday, all the time. This is what we yeah. sound like in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Not good. Bad. No. There's, a, there's a reason we tip. There's a reason we typically do this on on uh, Thursday evening. Thursday evenings. That is why Friday exists because Friday morning show. It's not the vibe. But we're, well, you know, it's raining here. It's very gloomy. It's raining here it's as fine. well. And I don't know, man. I did. I did. I was up late doing power rankings, and I feel crappy from being on from driving and flying and stuff. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm I'm trying to scrape it together here. I'm doing my so, best. Welcome to the show. It's Haley Salvin and Sean Gentilly. That is a peek behind the curtain of what's been going on over the last three to five weeks, depending on which which part of this show you're discussing. There's been a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Mm. Uh, obviously. Not for me. <laughs> that's why I said it depends on you. Which, which one of us you're talking about. So I was in D.C. for a couple days. And then back By the way, here, on. and then Not in to... Cambridge, and no, I'm going to bring this up because I didn't bring it up last week when I was in D.C. I met yeah, two. Okay. This is what I, this is what I was going to say, by the way. This is yes. This, no, this, this is, is why I'm flashing back to mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, because last week it just wasn't going to happen. I I started getting sick last week and you could just tell as the show went on 
<laughs> in, the, in the cough feeling. in the cough medication took hold or the cold the cold meds took hold oh de- it, depending on what you're into the show either got really bad or really great not sure I th- but it, i was in dc i think it was in the middle personally yeah yeah it was pluses and minuses i guess it was like kind of funny but like dang they're not really talking about anything like she's talking about Thunderbug <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, Bizarre. So Bizarre I was in DC for a for the PWHPA showcase that was um, held with the Capitals for a super secret women's hockey project. I'm working on putting out before the Women's World Championships that I'm very excited about. But and guys, while I was by the in way, DC, by the way, by the way, it's so fun. It's super secret. It's very funny. I know what it is. You're gonna like it a lot. Because we work together. Of course you know what it is. People I know. I'm telling the listeners that, <laughs> Oh, I thought that, you were that being like, that they're not going a to like it. She told me about it. No, um, I'm saying it's super secret and it's a lot of fun. So so for <laughs> so so for listeners who are who follow the women's game or are trying to learn more about the women's game, uh stay tuned for this. Cause it's because it's kind of perfect. Thank you. Um, but while I was in D.C., <laughs> while I was in D.C., I met some Friday show listeners. Correct. Leanne. Multiple. Two. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, it was a very strange experience. <laughs> I was like, what? Me? It was Leanne. It was Leanne. And so we met. Else? I met. And uh, not we. I was there. Not you. I met Leanne. <laughs> who was uh, volunteering and, and not volunteering. She was working uh, one of the tables for the Capitals. And she came up and introduced herself while I was on the phone with Sean. Mm-hmm. So I put the phone on speaker and Sean got to say hello. And Leanne was very lovely. So shout out to Leanne. Uh, don't drive off the road, Leanne. If you are listening to this while you're driving to work, <laughs> please stay in the lanes. I told her we we're going to give her a shout out. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to drive off the road. Don't. I don't think so. I, People I don't, care she, about my, you. you know what she, maybe <laughs> she'll listen to this. Hopefully, she doesn't have to work on a Saturday, just generally. So maybe she'll listen to this on the, on yeah. the way back on Friday, on Friday afternoon. Just don't listen to this in the car, Leanne. If you're Leanne's friend, tell her to, tell, tell her <laughs> to wait. No, there's no way to prevent that. I hate to break <laughs> it to you. Uh, and then I met Joe. Uh who was kind of hanging out near the exit. He was very nice, uh, was a fan of the show. Uh, so we wanted to give both of them a shout out because that was really nice and very strange. I have imposter syndrome. So I was like, <laughs> Mary Philip Lenz over there. <laughs> Sarah Nurse Self- over there. Impo- self-di- and obviously they cared about syndrome. those two way more than me. I'm not... Uh, Suggesting that somebody no, like you told me, Poulin you told me that, that Leanne. <laughs> uh, no, 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 wrong. You told me that Leanne gave gave Poulin the the stiff arm and was like, "Get out, <laughs> get out of here, goat." Yeah, I got to go talk to my podcast friend. <laughs> That's right. That's actually exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, Mary Philip. Go be nice to somebody else, not Leanne. <laughs> Anyway, so was in DC. That project super exciting. Uh, it was nice to meet some listeners. That was very kind of them to come over and say hello. Um, and then Sean, 
was in Palm Beach for, I was trying to think like, what has Sean been doing? Mm -hmm. uh, Sean was in Palm Beach for the GM's meetings. Um, it was kind of a boring one. Like there wasn't anything super, super topical other than maybe a little bit of the salary cap dance. Uh, but very quickly, Sean, how was that for you? It was good. I'm, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because everything I think on. I said very man, quickly. I know. I know. Russo, we, Russo dragged me into a, you know, a weird uh, boardroom to sit around a table and record like a 10 minute mini pod that they plugged in uh, on the, uh, on the Wednesday round table show. So you know, I won't, I won't belabor the point, but it, it was a, it was a good, it was, you know, I had never done one of those first off. So it was an interesting experience. Uh, loitering in like a $1,100 a night resort. That was, that was a lot of fun. Um, but no, I, yeah, I, I think in terms of newsiness, it wasn't, it wasn't super relevant. The, the important stuff, so yeah, were the salary cap dance. I think there was some important stuff in there, uh, that Garrett, that, uh, Batman said about, um, RSNs for anybody in the, in the U S if you're a Bally sports team or an AT&T sports team, like basically you're fine through the end of the season and who the hell knows what's going to happen. That's, basically the takeaway and uh and, and, and some other kind of more minor more minor stuff but it was it was a good experience ate a bunch of fish tacos uh had a horrible flight back on on on, on horrible set of flights back on wednesday night and here we are no it was good and i'm still well, sick yeah i know i can tell but i didn't take any cough medication this morning so Maybe you should have. <laughs> take some, take some yeah. Sudafed or something. Amp it up. Let's go. You can bring the energy. You know what? So because we're recording this on a Friday morning, typically uh, when we're recording on Thursdays, we don't want to talk about the games that are happening or happen because by the time the show posts, it's kind of old news. No one wants to talk about Wednesday night's games or whatever it may be. So we do have the opportunity to just talk about all the games from last night because there was a bunch of relevant games, games with consequences. Um, so we can dig into those. But this is where I break my rule of like talking about a Wednesday night game because it's old news. We are going to talk about that Blues wild game from Wednesday night. Um, I don't believe it was covered on the Thursday show because Mac and Do and Mendez are like bums. <laughs> That's it, clearly. Are we, yeah. are, did, have you started a few and of them? Pod. Is that what's going on? Okay. With Mendez specifically, <laughs> Goodbye. yes. Goodbye. He's not as nice as you think. Anyways, that this game like, was... You've said this multiple times now. I, I <laughs> don't agree for the record. I also dump on Craig Custance all the time. So, yeah, and that one time I said something mean that. about Harmon, but what. I'm not. Re I don't really talk to Harmon enough for that. Have been too okay. <laughs> been okay. Custance, <laughs> Custance. Now there's a guy. Now there's a guy who you can't say enough bad things about. Let me tell you. Oh, that was the, what that was the other big takeaway was from, coming uh, from the adjoining room that you mm -hmm. had. <laughs> Did you call the police? <laughs> I called nine one one. On the hour. <laughs> um, Craig Custis no. got an adjoining room with me. We had we had adjoining rooms at the at the hotel, which was which was the absolute funniest thing because we got up we we of, co of course went to dinner on the on the first night, got off the got off the elevator, <laughs> walked down the hall and we're like, oh, all right, here we go. They should have just given us a really big room with bunk beds. So we yeah, could have had the or, TV. Or a we suite. could have had the, the hangout room. 
I mean, or it's a suite. Yeah, whatever. I don't think there are a ton of suites at the uh, Boynton Beach Courtyard. So, you know, we'll see. <laughs> I, I think that was as close as we were going to get to it, to a, uh, to a suite. But yeah, we should have found some way to rig up bunk beds and, and have uh, have the TV workroom in the, in the other area. But didn't do it. It's okay. I'm glad that you guys had fun. So we're going to talk about the St. Louis Blues Minnesota Wild game from Wednesday night. Uh, kind of a wild one. So it kind of started, and of course we're talking about Jordan Bennington and Marc-Andre Fleury and the goalie fight that should have been. Um, it kind of started in the second period. Minnesota scored three straight to make it 4-3 in the second. Bennington, of course, after you know giving up three straight goals, starts chirping at the wild bench, doing his thing. Like six, seven minutes later, not even, Ryan Hartman scores, putting the Wild up 5-4. Again, kind of a wild game, pretty high scoring. Uh, and then Bennington gets pissed, jumps into the Wild celebration no, on the Hartman no. goal. Chaos ensues. Marc-Andre Fleury starts skating down the ice. And he was mic'd up that game. And starts going to the linesman who's breaking up the goalie fight, being like, come on, come on, it'll be fun, it'll be fun. Uh, so we actually have a clip of that that we're going to play for you guys because it might be my favorite thing that I've heard in a while. So here's here's Marc-Andre Fleury trying to fight Jordan Bennington. Hey, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's like the sweetest <laughs> sounding proposition to fight. It'll be fun. I'll be good. Please. I <laughs> would have been great to watch him pound Jordan Bennington. I'll say that much. I don't know how many people like. So I said this uh, on my radio show yesterday. Like, why did the linesman do that? My my head can understand why they both have their helmets off. We want mm -hmm. to help with concussions and brain injury, health and safety of players. My heart says. Let him beat yeah. him up. <laughs> Let Marc-Andre Fleury punch Jordan Bennington in the face. And I'm not even like a huge Bennington hater, honestly. Like I think the bullshit he pulled yesterday is like the reason we got that fun clip and we had like fun in that Wednesday night game between the Wild and the Blues. So I don't really hate Jordan Bennington because he kind of brings something different and fun, even though he does kind of suck. <laughs> but it would have been really fun to see him get punched by Marc-Andre Fleury specifically. Totally. And I'm really upset that it didn't happen. I want to be careful on like relitigating Jordan Bennington because we've done that like, I feel like so many times. I'm tired the of the like, Bennington conversation. Like the, con yeah, like, like everything on Twitter when this happens, it's just like, oh my God. And it's just like, enough. This is cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, he's annoying, like, everyone just move on. Like, that's sort of where yeah. I'm at with Pennington. He's obnoxious. Like, yeah. whatever. We don't, we don't need to, we don't need to, we don't need to have the 
you know, have the dialogue about it. For yeah, it doesn't need to be like time. this huge conversation around no. like the psyche of Jordan about Bennington. Hero, uh, yeah, about like or like entertainment. No, value I just or, think goalie fights are fun or the value of vi- I right uh, as they yeah. as it pertains to Jordan Bennington specifically is what I'm saying. Like I just don't. Yeah. I can't, I can't do it again. The dude's, the dude's obnoxious and like, (laughs) and that's sort of, that's sort of where I live. It is what it is. Um, Like, I'm not pissed about it when I see him act like that that, though. Like, I don't get, I don't get physically unwell when I watch Bennington like chirp the bench. It's kind of just like, oh man, there he goes, there he goes again. Somebody punch him. And then the flip, (laughs) and then the, right. And then the flip side of it is that like, the Bennington defenders, especially especially in the Blues fan base, and I get it. They love Jordan Bennington. Yes. This man, this man won them a Stanley Cup, right? But like, yeah. don't be soft whenever people call your obnoxious goalie obnoxious. Like that's other sure. people's prerogative. After like, after multiple years you know, of this happening, here where where yeah yeah, it's like all right, this dude's this dude's whack. Like it doesn't need it doesn't need to be more than that. Yeah. Never see it, it. I've it is a there is a. I got to give Blues fans credit because they're ride or die with that dude. When for a lot of reasons they shouldn't be because he hasn't he's sure. been annoying and bad for for years. So yeah, absolutely. Credit cr- credit um, credit to the fan base for sticking with him. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of done done with him overall. But the fact of the matter is we lost out on a goalie fight. I think that's the I yeah. think that's the tragedy there. And we lost out on a yeah. Mark Andre. We lost out on a goalie fight that objectively I think objectively would have involved the two funniest possible people yes. in the league. I'm sorry, like, and so I had somebody from Vegas on my radio show yesterday, and obviously Flurry is now with the Minnesota Wild, but I was just like, what would this have been like? Like, is this something that surprised you after covering Flurry? So I don't know if you can speak on this, Sean, but he was like, I think Flurry is kind of like always wanted to get in a goalie fight because he thinks they're like really cool. You know, he'll like Absolutely. see goalie fights happen in junior be like, oh man. Cool. Oh, fun. Like, there's just like something fun about mm-hmm. it for Flurry. And I think that you heard the passion in that clip we just played. Like, he wanted to go. He always wants to fight. I'll be good. I'll be good. Like, telling the linesman, like, it'll be a safe punch, just a little punch. Just let me get to him. So he missed out. He missed out on one already because this is, my God, this is probably this, I believe this is 2011. It was a it was a total farce. It was an embarrassment, honestly. Penguins versus Islanders. There were it, it was it was a disaster. So the the vibes were a lot were a lot worse for that for that incident than um than the one that than the one a couple nights ago. Like this is you know whenever Trevor Gillies concussed Eric Tangrady and you know there everybody was fighting everybody. It was ugly. It was an ugly ugly scene. The Penguins goalie for that game was Brent Johnson. He was Flurry's backup at the time. And that is the last goalie fight I can explicitly remember seeing. This is 12 years ago. And that is when Brent Johnson one-punched Rick DiPietro and broke his orbital and, like, injured him. And it was, not, it was again, bad, bad scene. And just kind of Flurry randomly had the night off. I think that was maybe on, on, during a back-to-back or whatever whatever it was. So Flurry wasn't in the net for that one. And I sincerely feel like since then, yeah, he's had kind of a fascination with it. He also kind of of a type with that. That dude is more obsessed 
with scoring a goal as a goaltender than anybody I've ever heard <laughs> talk. So, so he must have been, you know, uh, just inconsolable. Excuse me, inconsolable when Linus Olmark pulled it off uh, last month. So, yeah, he's a Renaissance man, or he's trying to be. He wants to fight. He wants to score, but neither's neither's happened for him so far. So the little bit of news out of that altercation, not between Flurry and Bennington, but Bennington going after Ryan Hartman, is that Jordan Bennington had a hearing for roughing and unsportsmanlike conduct uh, yesterday and then was assessed a two-game suspension. So no Bennington with the Blues for the next two after his latest tantrum. I think tantrum. my favorite part <laughs> was after like, Getting five goals scored on him and getting kicked out of the game. <laughs> He's like doing the let's go. <laughs> that's what, that's <laughs> for me more than anything up. else it is the and then, is the, the, and then Goligoski scores. That's what makes him annoying. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. Goligoski scores to make it 6 4 and does the let's go. <laughs> Anyways, that was a fun one. Alex, Alex Goligoski has been a low key, low key, very funny person for many, many years. Yeah, so we've got to wrap this up because we've just been like talking about nothing for 20 minutes. Danielle just told me to shut up and move on. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what, what she, she said. <laughs> yeah, she's so mean. Uh, let's go on to some of the games from, she didn't say that, Danielle's lovely. She bought a PWHPA hat on the weekend. So Didn't even know that. Shut out. I knew that because I actually talked to Danielle outside of our podcast. That's so do I. Should we should we save the game breakdowns for the next segment? Hmm? I told an unnamed PWHPA player the other day that my podcast producer Danielle bought a hat and she had a lot of fun in Anaheim. And they're like, oh cool. Great story. And that's the end of that story. She said, oh cool. Should we go to break? <laughs> <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I hope everyone enjoyed the first 20 minutes because we're awake now, I think. <laughs> now the show begins. Welcome to the program. <laughs> well, oh, Haley, good to have you. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. You're the sleepy one. So sick. let's get into I'm some sick. of the games from last. <laughs> what? I'm You're sick. sick now? Yes. I'm, I'm sick. You can't take my sickness. Yeah, I know. I'm 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 not the one who's talking about it, I know. It just so happens that I'm sick too, okay? Other 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 people involved with this podcast get ill. Bastard. Okay, so let's talk about 
some of the games from last night. Um, Because again, lots of games. Yeah, I'm just going to move on from that. You can't just call, you can't call me that. (laughs) Lots of games on the schedule last night. I feel like Thursday nights are typically the big ones. Um, Lots of consequential matches. So I I do want to start with the team that I used to cover. So Calgary Flames, they lose the other night in overtime to the Arizona Coyotes. And that's like another one of the, after, you know, a couple games before losing to the Anaheim Ducks. And that kind of felt like the backbreaker of everyone being like, yeah, it's done. Like they're, they're toast. It's over. And then last night they come back and beat the Golden Knights who were on a four game win streak, have the best record in the league since all-star break ended. They're like 13, two and two, obviously before this game. So now 13, three and two best record in the NHL since all-star <laughs> and the flames beat them seven to two Tyler to with two goals, four points. He's at a career high 60 on the season. And I, don't, I definitely did not realize that, but that to having that kind of a year. No, not at all. Didn't did not know he was at the 60 point mark and also would have thought that he would have, you know, maybe thrown up a thrown up a little bit more productive season um, at some point in the past. Yeah, wild. Good for him. And he's on pace for a career high in goals as well. So he's now at twenty eight on the year with about I think they have thirteen games left. And his career high is like thirty one. I think he's on pace for like mm. thirty three goals. So this mm. is going to be you know a career year if things all kind of go as they happen for Tyler Toffoli. So this is just like, this is like, of course, like this, I think is an example of how the flames have been out of sight, out of mind for me, like over the last, you know, however many weeks, right? Cause yeah, whether it was, uh, the, the coyotes game or, or, or any of those like quote unquote backbreakers that came before that, I'm like, okay, I, they're, they're not a serious team. So, so, mm-hmm. so I don't need to treat them as such. So I'm like unaware of it. Tyler Toffoli is going to score 30 goals again and whatever. But we yep. need to pay attention to them, <laughs> apparently, all of all of a sudden, right? Right, because all of a sudden, Jacob Markstrom is looking better. All of a sudden, they're three points back of the Winnipeg Jets who continue to just kind of flounder. Three points, yep. They lose to the Boston Bruins last night, 3 nothing. So the Predators are a team that, well... This is, again, there were so many good games on last night. Games mm-hmm. with, like, consequences up and down the standings. So the Preds have a better points percentage than the Flames with games in hand. But the Preds lost the Blackhawks last night 2-1. to one. So last night is, like, a pretty good evening if you're a Flames fan who's still holding out hope. Because they're three points back of the Jets. And yep. the Jets have not looked good lately. Uh, do you have a thought on what's going on in Winnipeg right now? Three, five, and two in their last ten. They've lost two straight. Again, you know they're kind of they're bleeding points. They're uh, up three points on the on the Flames. A um, little bit on, on the next level, the next level of uh, projection sort of stuff. They're <laughs> sinking like a sinking like a stone uh, as well. I I'm it, as far as the Jets are concerned. This is like the way they've played. I feel like is something we were anticipating a little happening a little earlier in the season, right? For for mm-hmm. them to come back to earth a bit, and now it's happening. 
it didn't obviously so i i kind of kind of bought in on them you bought it on most of the western conference partially because they were playing well but also because the flames just you know didn't seem like they could get it together and then the preds sold at the trade deadline so you're like all right this is kind of a wasted season in Calgary. Nashville started the re- the rebuild process. We can kind of internalize the idea that the Jets are the Jets are going to make it. Um, at one point, not long ago, this is like in the first half of the season, but you know, not all, not, not all that far back, the Jets had a ninety percent chance at the playoffs according to Don Lachishan's, uh projections. Since then, mm-hmm. which is like I think whenever we had to just accept or, or accept that we were wrong about them at, at the start of the season. After everyone Since, got roasted by Murat saying that nobody's paying attention pretty to much, the Jets. So, so Murat convinced us and possibly led us astray because <laughs> since he wrote that like, hey, the Jets are actually good thing, they've gone 20, 21, and 2 since then. So, which has taken them definitely out of a lock position and and made uh and made the the race in the west you know a lot more interesting i'll take it this is good like it's good to have one wild card spot at least you know up for grabs or or at least ostensibly up for grabs as as we you know cruise cruise towards the second half of uh, march i love it so the one thing about the the west kind of playoff race or at least specifically in the pacific i saw drance posted this um, about Sutter and like looking at the drop of the flames chances at the playoffs and said, this is where Sutter mocked Pelletier's debut. It's not true. The flames Mm -hmm. have been consistently inconsistent all season. We are not watching something different in game number 69 or 70 or whatever point in the season we're at right now. This was not some miraculous people realizing that Daryl Sutter is a little bit mean sometimes and now the flames are bad. That is like the model catching up to the way that the flames had been playing. Hmm. And that is the Edmonton Oilers. If you just look at the little black line from Edmonton, that's the Oilers getting their crap together and going on a run and becoming arguably one of the best teams in the league as well. And Seattle not falling off and LA not falling off. This is not Daryl Sutter was mean to Jacob Peltier. Because if people would like watch all the press conferences, Daryl Sutter actually speaks a lot about how much he likes the kid and he brings energy and he's fun, <laughs> etc. To hypothesize that maybe something like less than ideal is going on in that locker room, like we've seen, we've sure. seen, we've seen stuff with Huberdeau, we've seen stuff from Alan yeah, Walsh. Alan Walsh like, made that tweet. Yeah, something right. So, so, so what I think it's, I, I mean, we've heard, you know, rumblings, I think coming out of there that, that, that the vibes, that the vibes in the flames room have been intermittently, you know, pretty, pretty sour <laughs> this season. So I, I, it's correlation versus causation, right? I, I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. it's news that, you know, the, that it doesn't seem no. that at various points throughout the season that. Uh, the coach and the players have not been on the same page. Like I don't think we're telling ter- mm-hmm. tales out of school by, by by sort of by sort of alluding to that. But sure. yeah, their perf- their performance. I, I think the the way to put it probably is that their performance, their individualized performance since the Peltier situation, like really hasn't changed. They are who they are. They're a, they're an inconsistent yeah. team with a goalie who is who who's 
lost himself maybe and i think i think that's yeah. right that's yes. where they are today and it's where they were a, a couple months ago yeah because vladar started to drop off as well like dan vladar was no longer the i'm gonna push jacob markstrom out of the number one spot player anymore and i also think like i don't think daryl this might be an unpopular opinion i don't think daryl was mocking jacob pelty i think he was mocking the local media and the national and the I media mean, then- who keep talking about jacob peltier that is that's all people a, had talked about all season. It. Yeah, it's not an it's like not that's, a cool move. I, that's that's a sh- that's a shitty like the, then Jacob yeah, Peltier gets caught gets caught in the whole it gets caught in the crossfire of Daryl Sutter's like old man axe grinding bullshit with with yeah. with the media. That's not sure. cool. Like that's not that's not something you should do. Sure. Ever. Like I get it. I get if he was annoyed yeah. by the question, but but he embarrassed the player, and that's yeah. and that's something that you know. I, the, the, does Daryl Sutter do that publicly ten years ago? Probably not. And, and I, I think that I think that's a characteristic of coaches, especially more and more moving forward. Is that the one thing a lot of these guys do that have success in the NHL in 2023 is they don't embarrass their guys publicly for any reason, and they don't use them as weapons in a fight against the media. And that to me was like the issue with what with, yeah. with what Daryl did, right? John Cooper's not doing that, right? Mike Sullivan's not doing that. There are coaches who've won a lot more, a lot more recently than Daryl Sutter has. The one thing with Daryl is he's never going to say something in a press conference that he hasn't made clear in, a, in the room. It's not a cool thing to do. Like, the and, and only we, we don't point have to is that that chart is not because of him. That's all. And I think that I'm sure there's f- things that have been going on that room. Like I have heard, yeah, vibes aren't. Vibes aren't great. I would in imagine there. there's issues with the flames that are certainly Daryl Sutter's fault. Just not just just not the nosedive from that particular point. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to the Edmonton Oilers because Dom ranked them five in the power rankings. You ranked them ten, so they're kind of in the middle of those two numbers <laughs> at eight mm-hmm. overall. Oilers beat the stars last night four to one. Connor McDavid. <laughs> <laughs> He's at 131 points on the season. Oh, and by the way, Leon Dreisaitl's at 101 points on the season. Like, I've been kind of tracking the McDavid, like, ridiculous season. I don't think I realized that Dreisaitl was staring it up, too, which is really stupid of me. I cover this league. However, I was like, oh, my. Why do you have the Oilers so low? Yeah, so low. They Such beat the stars. To have them. It is disrespect. Yeah, they beat they Dallas. They beat the best I team like in Dallas the central. Than, I like Dallas more than them. <laughs> this is like there's like I, there some of this is cumulative. Dallas like, only this has three just, points more. In I the get standings. It. I, I Dallas Dallas is a is still a better five on five team than 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 Edmonton is, and I and. I think part of it is I just think less of the Oilers as a baseline than most people do, right? So that's the way this stuff works. Like, like Dom has teams that he's that that he that he likes less than less than most, and the end result is like when we do these stupid rankings that like, you know, they they have more work to do individually with whether it's me or him or or, or whatever. He had the he had the Kings in like at eighteen a, a couple weeks ago or or, or whatever it was. That doesn't mean that doesn't make it wrong. It just means that you know, 
he appreciates what they bring to the table a, a little bit less than me. And I think that's been the case with Edmonton, at least initially. So now it's like things are looking different. They're a much deeper team. I love what Nick Bugstead brings. I certainly love what I love what Matthias Ekholm brings. That's the exact kind of guy that they needed. But, <laughs> you know, there's still work to be done. And also, I tend to, like... For better or worse, I think I I think I weigh a little bit a little bit more like goalie situations on this, and I just don't I don't like if mm-hmm. if we're trying to decide which teams have the best chance as currently constituted of winning the Stanley Cup. Like I'm sorry, I'm not sold on Stuart Skinner, and I'm certainly not sold on Jack Campbell. Right? So <gasps> give uh, sweet boy Our Jack Campbell. Jack? I know that's a, ter- it's a it's a terrible thing to say, but like I'm sorry, man. You put those teams with Jake Ott- one has Jake Ottinger and one has Stuart Skinner next to each other in a playoff series. Yeah, like, and one has Connor McDavid. It matter- sure, I get it. If Connor McDavid is can do what he wants whenever he wants, why haven't the Edmonton Oilers ever won a Stanley Cup? <laughs> okay, however, him, like with, I thought with, Jake Ottinger was roster. incredible, incredible in the playoffs last year. Jake Ottinger was great. With respect to Johnny Gaudreau and, and Matthew Kachuk, who were not great in the postseason, other than like the OT heroics from Johnny in that first round, Jake Ottinger wasn't facing Connor McDavid in the first round. Sure, it, it's so it's 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 nit it's nitpicking to to take like. I, th- I think that and one also team you're, is one- you're getting angry like at McDavid being like if he could do it then why wouldn't he do it he was playing against Colorado like he did it up until he faced the so best what? team in the league so what that team was a that, that's right beast the, uh, he the, could the, turn the, it uh, on the, against the, other, the first two opponents yeah the other teams are out there too it's not ju- it's not just him choosing to do what he wants when he wants to do it is as, as unbelievable unbelievable as he is I love the right. I think you're mad guys. about I'm, a thing in, that just Dom says all the time. <laughs> no, Connor I'm McDavid not. can that's, do what he wants. I mean, that's I've made. I, I've had that conversation with Dom, but no, it's a, it's a line. It's a line that every that, that everyone uses. It's yeah, illogical. Not me. Not you. No. <laughs> but, so but like, yell at me I'm about sorry. it. There's other. Spicy there's other on a teams Friday out morning. There. There's other Stop rosters. Yelling. Jeez. I'm just and like I said, I I think by the time it's all said and done, I would imagine in a couple weeks, whenever we thank God do the last one of these for the regular season, could could the Oilers be you know farther up on my list? Like absolutely, they look great. The additions are paying off. You know they're better and they're and they've improved as a five on five team just in general over the course of the season. But it's not some like it's also not some wild show of disrespect to have them at nine instead of five or wherever Dom, wherever Dom had them. Like it's that's mm-hmm. pretty good. There's a lot of teams in the league. There's a lot of really good ones. Yeah. Um. Okay. The L.A. Kings. Their game wasn't as big of a deal because they're playing yeah. against the Blue Jackets. They win four one. But the Kings are interesting because I think they're one of those teams. Similar to the Kraken-ish, and the Kraken won last night, a kind of was closer game than you would think. Kraken beat the Sharks mm-hmm. two on an OT. Those were two of the teams that I think have been kind of in control in really good spots in the Pacific Division slash Western Conference playoff race for a while. And those are two of the teams that I think people kind of kept talking about, like their fake good, 
at least with the Kings and with the Kraken, people were being like, okay, how long is this going to last? Um, and Dom mm-hmm. had a lot about the Kings in his 16 stats about how they were the team that people were waiting to come back down to earth. And now all of a sudden they're like becoming the team that the standings kind of said they were like their underlyings and the way that they're playing. They're like five on five numbers, their play driving, et cetera, et cetera, is all kind of catching up to the way that the standings looked and the way that they, people kind of talked about the Kings early in the season and how they're kind of trending in the right direction at the right time. And yeah, and it's not just because, you know, you get rid of Jonathan Quick, um, because this is all kind of their five-on-five five play, their goals for, goals against. And, I mean, mind you, Jonathan Quick would have something to do with goals against, even though it was mostly Phoenix Copley playing at this point. But, like, all of their five-on-five five numbers are looking better post-All-Star. And, you know, and this- where else they got a lot better? <laughs> In net. Like, Copley's a good guy to have around, and he and he helped them at multiple points throughout the season, but, like, they have another viable option there now. Eunice Corpusal has played three games for the for the Kings. He's got a 929 save percentage across them and has made 78 saves on 84 shots. That's better than what they were getting from Phoenix Copley, and God knows it's better than what they were getting from John Quick. Mm-hmm. So that's a factor, too. Like, I I, I liked... Because this isn't... Corpusal has been good. He's been he's been like pretty solid for the for the Blue Jackets throughout the course of the season, and has the has the dude stunk for most of his NHL career up until this point? Like absolutely. But a goalies are weird, and b the dude had a serious operation on his hip last off season that it, it seems mm-hmm. like dealt like solved some ongoing issues for him. So. If this is the guy he is, and it seems like he's he's going to potentially have a chance to you know start the season as is there is their number one, then I think I think they'll have done they'll have done a solid a solid bit of work. Gavrikov also been pretty good too. That team got better at the deadline. Mm-hmm. So Gavrikov, since joining the Kings, has been on the ice for seventy one percent of the expected goals while outscoring opponents seven to one. This was before the game last night. This is from Dom sixteen stats, and. Dom even said, he's like, this is the biggest bowl of crow I will ever eat. Yes, it is still early, but Dom hammered them for being like, why wouldn't you just get Chikrin? Like Gavrikov, Gavrikov, really? And he's been, the early returns have been there for the LA Kings since acquiring Vladislav Gavrikov. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Let's go to Rangers Penguins, Sean. So cause we, I feel like we've been talking about the Eastern Conference playoff race a lot. So we just did a nice little yeah. spin around the West because the West is getting more interesting, which is great. Mm-hmm. But the East is still the big talker, that wild card race. I think the Sens are falling out of it. They lose again last night to Colorado. But Sens lose to Colorado Avalanche and Sens fans want DJ Smith fired immediately once again uh, because everything is his fault. But yeah, the Sens have fallen back. They're behind Florida, Washington, Buffalo now. And they've got, what, 70 points. They're eight points back of a playoff spot. They've lost four straight unless they put on some huge run. And like Florida, the Islanders, Washington, Buffalo all fall apart. Like it's probably over for Ottawa, but I've said that before and then they burst back up. Uh, Penguins are sitting in the first wild card spot. They lose to the Rangers last night. Tristan Jari's back. Um, Jake Gensel scores. What do we think? I think that's the, to me, that's the big headline for Pittsburgh coming out of that, coming out of that loss to the Rangers. Is it ideal? (laughs) <laughs> to not to not you know bring a point out of the garden given where they are in the standings both in the wild card and in the division like yeah sure but Jari looked good and he hadn't <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a major that's a major uh, a wild amount of their season hinges on that dude and they, they're mm-hmm. lucky because Casey DeSmith has like kind of phased back in after looking pretty pretty rough for, for a large chunk of the season as Jari has kind of struggled to, you know, find his stride after after yeah. missing some time. Um but Casey DeSmith isn't winning them a playoff series against the Boston Bruins or the Carolina Hurricanes. That's just mm-hmm. facts. Like it's it's if he could have, he probably would have done it already. Like we've seen a lot of Casey DeSmith over the last over the last couple years. Um but Tristan Jari, you know, maybe he can. He's physically physically gifted. He's you know when as long as he's healthy and he's got his head on head screwed on right, like he's top twelve in the league. I think it's fair to say. But he hadn't played like it remotely until recently, until until that game against uh, against the Rangers. He looked phenomenal. You know, he saved. Had a almost almost uh, six tenths of a of a goal saved above expected. He's you know save save percentage was there. He looked good. He looked right, and he hasn't for a while. So if if the Penguins want to have any prayer of even like extending a series against whoever they get matched up with in the first round, they need him to be in top form. And I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that you know 
Oh, uh, if, if Tristan Jari is good, like don't count them out against the Bruins or whatever. Like that's not what, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I think that team's destiny is still to make it to the first round and get stomped. But it it'd be a lot more interesting, and they'd have a much better shot at at least extending it if Char, if if Jari was right. And last night he looked he looked at. The Penguins are interesting because every time I see a story about them or a tweet about from Penguins Twitter or some news from the Penguins, it's like very doom and gloom. It's like, oh, this person's injured and oh, you know, here's a here's a column about how crap the Penguins are. And then you look at the standings and like they're in the first wild card spot. Every time I look at the standings and try to track like what's going on with the Penguins, I'm I'm expecting them to be way further down but obviously that's the expectation that's been set in Pittsburgh obviously I understand why people are irritated with that team I was tweeting about them on deadline day being like I don't understand that was it that was I think, my I think the fun that was my penguins yeah. analysis mm-hmm. was like I don't get Which it it's true that's as good as anybody can do you committed like, think- to going all in with your big three yep. but you won't like commit to like properly building around them so what you just brought them back for what the to overpay problem. a bunch of debt players besides Sidney Crosby and not do anything. That's right. That's <laughs> okay. right. That's what the issue. That's what the issue is, <laughs> and people here know it. And that's and that's yeah. that's another part of the problem. It's with the, frustrating with the, to watch because uh, it's like if we could have like done this better, like all this bad so, shit that's happening to the Penguins. They're and they're still the best wild card team, right? Imagine what this team would be doing if they were built just a little bit better. Little bit, or if they, so I can understand. They, there's specific ways too. There's players out there that are tearing it up. Who Ron Hextall mm-hmm. had no use, like Jared McCann. Imagine what this team would look like if they had Jared McCann. He's on the he, he him and Chris and Brandon Tanev both. I almost like I did say Chris Tanev again. I'm, I'm never I'm never gonna get that straight <laughs> ever. Yeah. Those guys are relevant bottom six players who are on the Seattle Kraken ultimately because Ron, because Ron Hextall, for whatever reason, wanted to protect Jeff Carter for the expansion draft. That's it. That's why that happened. And people His look at those guys. His contract and age probably would have like protected him in and of itself, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> and it was up to Hextall to understand that like the Seattle yeah. Kraken had no interest in, in Jeff Carter, right? So, yeah. so that combined with a contract that he gave Carter last season. Shocking. It's shocking that the analytic heavy front office in Seattle was all in on Jared McCann. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, who, who could have seen that one coming? That Even they, though technically he was with the Leafs after that little swap for all that crap, but then even the Leafs let Jared McCann go for Alex Kerfoot. <laughs> Yeah, I, who, well, but, we're but all looking I, for I know, the guy that's why who I, did this. Who let McCann go to Seattle? Who did this? All of you. Well, that's why I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even like, I didn't even want to crack into the specifics there because, like, yes, that the trade was flipped or whatever. But that, but the genesis yeah. of all that was that he wanted to, yes. was that he was that he wanted to keep Carter. He lost both of those guys because of that. So yeah. you have like the bones of a great bottom six that are that are elsewhere. Right. And mm-hmm. Jeff Carter has been putrid and, pe- and people people know it and, and they've watched it because it's been true all season long. The other thing and the other the, the other fundamental problem, I think, that people have with the job that they've done is that Sidney Crosby has been fantastic. He has already mm-hmm. clinched another point per game season. He's been great. So people see that and it's just like, what? Like what? What, yeah. what are we supposed to like? What? What are? What are we yeah. supposed it's to do? It's frustrating. It's it's wasting the gift. 
You talk about it all the yep. time. Sidney yep. Crosby is in his 30s, and he's still a point-per-game player. He's still Sidney Crosby, and you can't figure out, like, you know, his consistent line mates or who plays on the second line. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Dude's been healthy healthy for, for the duration of the season. Same goes for Malkin. And again, he's he had his he got his eighty second. Yeah, it's almost like Malkin night, right? had a massive knee surgery, and that's why he was a little bit slow last year. Yeah, and now he's like <laughs> one of the best six million dollar centers in the league. Crosby, yeah. by the way, we like we we sort of talked about McDavid like coming up on on Gretzky stuff and whatever, like breaking Gretzky records. Crosby is has had eighteen point per game seasons to start his career. And that's one behind Gretzky's record. Gretzky was at 19 in the 80s. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Every, every, everybody else, you know, everybody else is, is, is looking up at those two. And, and we're talking about... <laughs> we're <Sorry>. talking about... <laughs> huh? I'm sorry. I just pulled up the Penguins like DFO lines. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, it's 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 terrible. It's terrible, and he's and he's moving out bad parts for, for more bad parts. Why is on the third line and Alex Nylander's on the second? Is Raquel not Nylander, playing well? You know, no. Uh, Raquel's been fine. Nylander's Nylander looked look good just in his, really in his well? first couple games, and I think they're just and they're just trying to hmm. see if he's an option. Like that's the point in their season that they're at is they're trying to figure out whether <laughs> Alex Nylander is like a middle six option. And it's crazy, Woo! and it's because of yeah, right. And it's because it's of a Hextall. great day for and hockey. Pe- Sorry, <laughs> that's what they say. That's what that's what they tell me. I have a cup. That this has says been that. the Penguins whining segment of the of yeah. the uh, of the episode. Should get my dad on once to just talk about the Penguins, and he'll probably still talk because <laughs> my dad used to take me to Pittsburgh, go to Penguins games all the time as a kid. So I bet my dad would be like, you know what they need? They need Pascal Dupuis. <laughs> Which, he's not wrong. <laughs> Someone <laughs> you know like him, maybe. <laughs> I think you're uh-huh. right. I think you're right, Frank. We saw need Bill Guerin in a parking lot near the Double Tree, <clears throat> and my dad was like, Hey, that's Bill Guerin. I was like, the guy they just acquired at the deadline. Those were the good old days. I loved, loved being able to witness the, (laughs) the, the Mike, the Mike Russo, Bill Guerin interactions firsthand at the, I watched it at the draft too. Isn't it the funniest experience? Oh my God. So we were, we were waiting outside the GM's rooms at the draft in Montreal. And, uh, you know, Brad tree living comes out because there's the bathrooms. Brad Tree Living comes out, goes to the bathroom, he goes, oh, hey, Haley, how's it going? How are you? Having a good summer? Okay, see ya. Just nice, nice guy. Uh, and I'm not there to get a scoop. I'm just there because it's like, this seems like I'm supposed to be doing this right now. I should go to the GM's meetings, right? And then Garen comes out and sees Russo. He's like, oh, Mike, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I'll catch you later. Like, Mike, once we're done, I'm just going to the bathroom. And I was just like, oh, I loved that so much. <laughs> I'll tell you, watching watching Russo work the room at this hotel with these guys, what a what a treat! Guy's an animal. <laughs> He's a freak. <laughs> Respectfully, with respect. Respectfully, in a uh, positive way. Yeah, a good a good freak. Um, okay, let's one move more, on. From the one pipe. more Russo. Oh. Wait a second. One more Russo okay. thing. Okay. His, I saw a, 
he has lifetime titanium elite status uh, at Marriott. Jesus. I didn't even know I didn't even know that was a thing. Like that like just, uh, just you can keep get lifetime status. Yeah. It's Titan- like I think Right. <laughs> lifetime status, there's like titanium status, elite status. He's somehow all three at the same time. <laughs> I didn't even know. I'm like, here, here's me, here's me like a bum. I'm like, hey, I might might be able to hit gold this year. Let's let's uh, let's see if I can. <laughs> lifetime titanium elite. That's great. Yeah, so you've got like lifetime status. So it's like the amount of years you have at an elite status if you hit like five. Then you're a lifetime. So I'm like two years away from being a lifetime gold member. Mm-hmm. Some stupid like that. I've had like okay, 37. So that's, so that's 30, what happens? Okay. Yeah. So if you hit just like, like that just like level if, and you have it for multiple years, then you get lifetime status. So if you were like five years in a row at titanium elite then your lifetime titanium elite status. <laughs> just the fact that titanium elite exists. I'm just uh, yeah, uh, plutonium ultra. Yeah. <laughs> <Microsoft>. <laughs> okay. That's right. That's impressive. Uh, okay, final game I think we should get into here because we've kind of gone over all of them. We don't need to talk about Coyotes Canucks. Actually, I mean, no. why do you keep winning? No. <laughs> Stop like it. the Bedar- like Stop no it. the the draft lottery date is set for May eighth, and the Arizona mm-hmm. Coyotes keep winning hockey games. I think they need to Andre trade Tourney's you so Valenaki. Good hockey coach. Uh, thank you for saying that. I talked to Andre about Marco Rossi a couple years ago, and he's like such a smart coach. He's a really good talker. I was ready to draft Marco Rossi myself. <laughs> I was like, first over Marco Rossi, first overall. Like I had a ma'am, ma'am, 40 who, minute who conversation with yes. Andre Tourney about Marco Rossi. I was like, oh my God, you're so right. He should go first overall. <laughs> so I've always Love appreciated it. Coach Bear, as they call him. The fight and tourneys are now seventh. Uh, in the in the, yeah. the tankathon standing six point five odds Stop six point five percent chance <laughs> at winning Connor Bedard. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Be worse at your job, Andre Torney, please. Yeah, it's um, too much. He's got to stop. And then yeah. they got three point five percent in the pick that they got from Ottawa, so they've got two kicks at the can. But how about Montreal making a run? Bottom five. Yeah, they got. <laughs> Closing, closing nine five yeah. 9-5-L to the Florida Panthers last night. That was tough. Is there is there was there another game you want to talk about? That was it. The nine five. That was it. <laughs> win of the Florida Panthers <laughs> against the Montreal Canadiens. I, I there was a I'm goalie st- pull I, in the first period. <laughs> the Panthers in the first period. <laughs> Panthers Panthers should should scare folks, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe scare, scare the, should, certainly should scare the Islanders and the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a team with a lot of talent on it. It's a team that, you know, has Anthony Duclair back in the lineup now. I don't, I d- might run out of run, 
might run out a runway here, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't necessarily want to see them chasing uh, in the in the rear view. So they had seven goals in the first period. <laughs> That's a lot. Just the Panthers. Go back to last year too. Uh huh. So after everybody said that Matthew Kachuk and was never gonna have a year like that without Johnny Gaudreau ever again. Oh, who's who said that? Uh, a lot of people. The, two years ago, people were saying that man wasn't going to be worth $9 million. I thought I was going goddamn crazy. The <laughs> column that I had to write being like, this might just be a one-off. <laughs> I think Matthew Kachuk's having a hard time in the pandemic. People are like, he's not. Matthew <laughs> Kachuk is due a $9 million qualifying offer. Do you pay him that? Or do you trade him because he's not going to be worth $9 million? I'm so glad that we're seeing this from him. And we're, and we're also seeing deals signed by guys like Pasternak and whatever, where we need to reframe how much an elite hockey, our, our, our concept of how much an elite hockey player is, is paid per season. Because it, it, it is and has been way, way, way out of date. $9 million for a player like Kachuk or ten million dollars for a player like Timo Meyer, which is his which is mm-hmm. his qualifying offer. Yeah. Like, it's not crazy. Stop pretending yeah. that it is. Reframe yeah. well, your your sense of the value of of what these of what these guys bring, of what elite players bring to the lineup, because they're the ones for whatever reason that get like squeezed out, right? By 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 GMs. They're the ones that are undervalued. In, sure. The the context, though, was that Kachuk had 43 points in that bubble year, right? Like, that's why people were saying mm-hmm. that. It wasn't because he scored 100 points. So, like, it's flashback to 2020-21. And people are like, oh, my God, he's terrible. He's toast. Don't give him that QO. And now he's on pace for an even better year than last year. So last season he had 42 goals, 104 points. And people are like, he's not going to do that again. Uh, He might not hit 42 goals, but right now Kachuk is on pace for 111 points. Yeah. And he never takes the flip-flops off. No. Living that that flip-flop Jimmy Buffett lifestyle and wherever he is, good for him. Yeah. No, but like just specifically though, like like what I was talking about was when McKinnon like also when McKinnon signed his extension, and people were mm-hmm. like, you know, we're I was you know at, at a at a thing where that I was at a, a media news event in Vegas that McKinnon's extension I think was announced at or something, and he's like talking to the media about it. We knew that it was going to happen at, at some point, you know, in the couple of days after that, and somebody asked him like, oh, you think it's you think it's like maybe going to start with a ten? And he was like, "Ah, yeah." <laughs> it was basically like what the question was, and, and people were like, "No what? shit!" Like what? Yes, of yeah. course. Like this is this is crazy. This guy's he's a top five player in the league. Like of course, of course, he should make you know ten million dollars over over the course yeah. of a long term deal. It's crazy. There's yeah, this re- weird re- thing re- where people re- think nobody think should this. make more money than Connor McDavid. And it's like yep. Connor McDavid chose to sign that contract and he's getting paid, yep. but that doesn't mean that everyone else needs to tuck under because he's the best player in the world. Get the bag. It's a weird thing that's that's unique to hockey where like the value of a contract is always tied direct it's like tied directly to, to to something else. Nobody should ever be paid more than the worst player, I feel like, is because Gretzky made this much, so like nobody else can make that much. And you know, then the 90s were crazy and out of whack, but then it turned into 
you know, Crosby and Ovechkin make this much, so you know nobody nobody can outpace that. It's damaging. It's damaging. It's damaging for the players' cause, and it's damaging for for the overall you know for for the overall situation there because like whatever this is like half a rant, but like look at what happens with quarterbacks in in the in the NFL. The highest paid QB uh-huh. generally outside of like the Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers of the world is whatever starting quarterback came up for an extension in a given offseason. That's just the it's just the the nature of it, right? The yeah. cap goes up, but for whatever reason, what elite players are paid is not. And I'm glad to see that that's changed or changing yeah. at least. Yeah. I think those are all the games. Got anything else? All right. We can wrap this up. I'm ready to settle into the couch and watch basketball for 12 hours or so. That sounds neat. Right? Happy Friday, everybody. <laughs> all right. Bye. Well, we'll figure out if we do this again on a Friday morning. We just love to experiment and, you know, see what our dear listeners prefer. This has been a Friday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Just a reminder, if you're not an athletic subscriber, you can join us at theathletic.com slash slash hockey show to get an annual subscription for $2 a month for 12 months. Thanks, everyone.